0: I'm <music> sorry. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our good friend Tim Lacombe. Coming up here momentarily, it'll be your Jazz Insider Report presented by Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. We're going to talk to uh, Tim, of course, about the Jazz, but we've got to get um, his uh, NFL picks. We started this with Tim last week, picking against the spread and uh really none of us did all that well especially considering Eric Weddle went 5 and 1 pretty impressive yeah. uh yeah. but uh, Tim is in the lead at 3 2 and 1 I'm at 2 3 and 1 and uh you and Austin are at 1 4 and 1 <laughs> not good no it was it was a bit of a rough week but hey Eric <laughs> picked uh picked the Rams not only to cover but to win he's the only person i heard that now of course it probably Helped his pick that he's a former Ram, and so picked with his heart a little bit there. But pretty impressive, nonetheless, I would say. Yeah. All right, let's get out of the zone. Phone, of course, he's my co-host, Chaz, pre-half and post-game shows. He's our good friend, Tim Lacombe. What's up, Tim? What's up, fellas? Tim, uh, what did you think about the big trade yesterday? Harden on the move.
2: Harden on the move and a lot of a lot of shrapnel. Um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that shrapnel, uh, you know, with Depot going where he's going and Levert, see how that kind of reshapes teams. And then obviously how the big experiment works will be, whoo, I'm glad I'm not the, in Steve Nash's seat right now.
3: You know, Tim, uh, on a philosophical level, would you rather have a team that plays together that's less talented or a team that has some rough patches but has a
2: whole lot of talent? I, I mean, I, I'm better with, at least from my experience, with a team that's all kind of unified together and pulling in the same direction. Um, I think, you know, I I would imagine that most coaches would probably say that. You want to be talented and all that, but at the end of the day, all that stuff, you know, that's the piece of this Nets thing. Is there there enough, like, true character, you know, as opposed to just a couple characters to, you know, win a championship? Because it takes, man, it takes a lot more than just being talented. There's a lot of other pieces that go to it. But if you don't have the talent, you got no shot, though, right? No, no. But I mean, at this level, obviously at the NBA level, and we see it, Jake, and I see it all the time, every night. You know, it was a battle, and you see scores that come in, and you're like, "Whoa, where did that come from?" And because they're all professionals, and and obviously at the very peak, there's there's a separation. But for the most part, um, a lot of a lot of parity because there's a lot of good players.
0: How hard is that when it comes to a coach's job to get everybody to fall in line? Is that something that coaches are constantly, I guess, uh, massaging?
2: Yeah, and I think everybody does it differently. Um, you know, I think new age, you know, I think the new the new millennial kid, you know, you've probably got to be a little less abrasive as in the past, but I think everybody has their way at doing it. And I honestly believe, like, role definition and – um, you know, so guys aren't always kind of wondering where they stand, you know, to be very open and, and really communicate. I think that's really important in this day and age. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you've got to have a bunch of guys. I mean, it's, it's like anything. If, if we have a, a bunch of talented guys, you know, to do radio and we don't, uh, you know, we let them kind of make all the decisions and we, um, you leave it up to them, and, and the chemistry is not great. I mean, at the end of the day, your product's not going to be what you could, what it could possibly be. And I think that's where teamwork comes in, and all that. You get, you know, like personalities that can kind of, like you and Gordon. I mean, you guys are a perfect example of that. Just like bread and butter.
0: Yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. Who's <laughs> the bread? Who's the butter?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Gordon for bread. You know, just because of age and wisdom um and you're smooth jake you're on like a margarine you go on like margarine i like that wondering wondering if maybe if you're if it's all there you're so good you wonder if it's all authentic you know i can't believe this is really jake
3: i wonder if jake would be if he's so smooth i wonder if he'd more be like uh like cream cheese or something
2: no, but bread and cream cheese don't go. So I don't want to that come up with something well. else. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. But, but leave it to
0: Gordon it. to be focused on cheese. That's not a surprise.
2: No, not at all. Uh, Organ- based, organic cheese, of course.
3: Based based on what you've seen uh, out of the Jazz at this point, if you were to pick out one thing, Tim, that they needed to do a little better, what
2: what would you pick? You know, I don't have a whole lot of complaints right now. I think. I think the pivotal thing will be their um, kind of adoption and willingness to push the ball uh, when they have the opportunity um, because I think that's really what set will separate this team. I think, I think they're going to be okay in the half court, but right now, I mean, their numbers in transition are amazing, and I think it's um, this particular team, I think it really works. Um, shooters in every position to anchor the defense I mean it's why it's why you've acquired all these guys and I think that's one way um, you know I don't, I'm not critical they haven't done it enough but because I, I think they, they've actually really tried to, to do it um, but to do it really well is it, you know it takes some consistency and so that's just something I think the team can kind of grow in that direction it'll help them
0: why do you think Shaq is picking on Rudy because
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shaq picks on everybody Um, I don't know. I've always had a disdain, I guess, for um, the current generation dissing, you know, the former and vice versa. I think that it's, in in a way, I mean, I think it's kind of petty because it's it's impossible, you know, unless you're playing some computer game to simulate, you know, what a team today would be like against a team, you know, uh, 20, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, because everything changes so much. So I don't know. I find it funny. I think it's uh, it's maybe part of the reason why you know Shaq's, Shaq's on TV and making a lot of money as a commentator because you've got an opinion and he's not afraid to share it. And that's the beautiful thing about opinions is you can give them and just throw it out there and see what everybody thinks.
3: Tim Donovan Mitchell, obviously a, a really, really fine talent, just a, a star player. What can he
2: do to become more efficient? You know, I think right now the the only thing that's holding him back on an, from an efficiency standpoint is his off the bounce threes. I mean, I think really think that's the only shot that because he's making catch and shoot at a real high rate, and when he puts it on the floor, you know, to a pull up to or to a, the rim, he's obviously pretty unstoppable. Um, I think there's two things that stand out. Number one, I think he's, for whatever reason, he doesn't get a great whistle. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, it's got to be something I watch more, but he doesn't shoot as many free throws as he should. And I think that that's that's one area. I mean, you always talk about your ability, you know, points per possession and the free throw line. If you shoot, you know, like Donovan shoots from the line, a good number, you know, those are points that are just sitting there to be had. Um, I would say that you know, figuring out a way and kind of working the system to get to get to the line more, and then you know just he'll he'll start making the off the bounce three with more regularity he did the end of last year he's just that's the only shot right now that he's kind of struggling with
3: just kind of interject the question about uh getting to the foul line more does that take a toll on your body
2: um well, what it does say is you're, you know, I, I remember, you know, Tyler Haas shot more free throws. I think he's still shooting free throws somewhere in the corporate <laughs> world. Um, I think he probably is awarded ten free throws before work every day because he worked that hard. He, it was just every time he turned around, Ty was at the line, and, and you know, Ty did get beat up. And he, he, but I think it takes a mentality. You know, I think it's just something you got to appreciate and love. Um, I think Donovan's built for it. You know, I just. I really do believe too that he has he he does not get the level of respect from NBA referees quite yet. That I think he will get in his career um, by virtue of his trajectory. And there's oftentimes I say to Jake, "That was a foul." You know, they don't call anything. So, but I, I said that a lot in the 20 plus years I coached too. And. <laughs> And they didn't listen either,
0: so it's okay. <laughs> Speaking of that, I want to switch gears to BYU a little bit. They've uh, got game coming up with uh, with St. Mary's. And one of the, the, I guess, byproducts of playing in the West Coast Conference from, uh, from my vantage point, Tim, is that you don't have that many opportunities for big wins. Traditionally, you know, Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's have been the three quality teams in the league, while the rest are, are lagging and actually can – um, drag you down from, like, you know, RPI and the Ken Palm and those sorts of things. So did you, uh, when you were coaching at BYU, was there extra pressure, not just because St. Mary's was good, but because you didn't really have that many opportunities to get big wins that caught the attention of uh, the selection committee?
2: Yeah, I think you're on to a couple of things. I, I, I know I've used this phrase a bunch, but, um, you know, with Gonzaga in the league, you basically have zero mulligans, okay, because the Data would tell you that they're going to go most seasons without, you know, more than one, maybe one or two losses, period, in the conference. And most of the time, you know, recently, you know, minus a couple times we beat them in St. Mary's, um, you know, they pretty much run the table. So that's the first piece of it that's hard. Second piece is, yes, you're right. I mean, beyond, you know, perhaps in the non-conference, you know, you can try to beef up your schedule. Um, but the games against Gonzaga and St. Mary's are huge. They're really important um, because you obviously know Gonzaga is probably going to get into the tournament, and, you know, if you're lucky, another team will get in, and so you're fighting that team, you know, every year for that spot. Um, and then I think the, the third piece of it is, and I think this is a often overlooked part of the WCC, is, you know, contrary to popular opinion, just because your gym is small doesn't mean you don't have good players. And really, you know, um, just like I talked about in, with NBA, you know, the parity within college is even more vast because, you know, uh, you, you could go find, you know, Portland could go find a really good player that you know, can get out in a certain night, and, and we faced that once there. Um, so it makes all those games that, yes, they pull your RPI down, but they've got sharp teeth. And so it's almost like you can't, you can't win enough and you can't lose it all. So that's kind of the world you live in. And, yeah, that does – and maybe that explains to you guys why I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> I don't blame
3: you. Uh, Tim, uh, BYU uh, considered itself pretty fortunate when it got uh, a transfer, uh, a big man, Matt Harms, what has been your evaluation, your impression of him as he has uh, played this year?
2: Well, I think he's had a, you know, the one thing that you can't coach is seven three, um, and and he's a very, I would say, you know, for seven three guys I've seen, he's he's a, he's actually, he's, he moves really well, um, he's athletic, and um, and I think you know he's a guy in a. For BYU, anyway, he's a kind of a game-changer at the rim, and I think they've won a couple games because of Matt Harms. I think they won in Logan. Um, They beat Utah State, and I thought Harms was huge in that game. And mostly kind of like we see with Rudy, more of a presence, you know, that he kind of was for them. I think you're going to start to see more of his value in the league. Um, You know, I I probably – selfishly expecting a little more. I thought he'd he'd be a little more polished offensively because I had not seen a ton of him. But um, I like his energy, and I think he, like I say, I think in the WCC he'll be, he'll really kind of pay dividends.
3: So I have a football question, and this will uh, take us into our football picks for this week. But Urban Meyer's making some news. Uh, He's going to coach the Jacksonville Jags. And I know you didn't coach at the professional level, but as you've evaluated coaching, what's the difference between coaching college kids and coaching pros?
2: You know, it's interesting. And I'll just tell a story because, I, like I say, I've never coached at the pro level. But I remember um, a story that Coach Majerus told one day in practice. Uh, he pulled the guys in um, and was talking about <clears> – <throat> You know, the the reason that he you know, he loves coaching and he was talking about you know, I think that particular year it was uh he was talking to Doliak and he's like, you know, you may not be able to do all the things and this but I always know you're gonna communicate and you're gonna talk and and um, and he um he was you know he he went on on and on and on about this uh with with Doliak. And at the end of the day, he said, you know, the reason I coach college basketball is because I can do this, I can tell you, you can, you'll can, you either go do it or for the most part, you know, you'll probably transfer. But in the NBA, you know, he said that Carl Malone shoots his free throws and he falls away from the line every single time. And he said, you know, and if I go to try to push him on it and try to hold, have him hold the line, at the end of the day, if Carl goes to management and says, hey, this coach is bugging me, get rid of them, they get rid of me, you know. Um, and I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. I think it's the school, the skill set to teach the game is probably the same. But, man, you better have some people around you at the pro level that really understand um, dynamics of relationships and, you know, the kind of the authenticity that's required because I think that's the key, you know, to have a, an organization where guys trust. And uh, so – I mean that's just a quick snippet but I think that that's the that's the essence of of what I would say is the pro game is um, it'd be hard I think you got to have way more than just a, a basketball knowledge.
0: All right, let's get into the NFL picks. Uh, as we currently stand, Tim is in the lead after week 1 of the playoffs at 3 Who's that? The, Tim is currently in the okay. lead at my, 3 my phone cut out. 3-2 <laughs> <three, two, laughs> and 1 is uh, is Tim's record. Um, I am in second place at two, three, and one, and uh, Austin and Gordon are bringing up the rear at one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The records one. don't matter. Huh? <laughs> one game last week picked correctly. Ugh. Uh, Thanks, Seahawks. <laughs> Boy, was that a terrible loss. Jeez. All right, Uh, Austin, of course, um, selects the lines that we use. And, uh, well, let's get into it. Let's see if we can't catch Tim. We're going to do the same order
1: every week. So it'll go Tim, Jake, Gordon, myself. That's how it's going to go. Tim, you're up first. Green Bay is a a six-and-a-half point favorite against the Rams. Who are you going
0: with?
2: I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drum all day, and I'll take the Packers.
0: I, as well, I am going with the Packers. I don't think the Rams uh, keep this one close. They can't uh, work that magic two two weeks in a row. And isn't it supposed to be like five below and Goff is going to try and play with a broken thumb? Yeah, it's tongue? like the temperature of Jupiter, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I don't so. think that's going to go well. I'm going, I'm going with the Packers.
3: Well, see, Austin, this puts us in a it tough does. spot here because now we got to try and make up the difference. So we either make up the difference or we fall either farther
2: farther behind.
1: Or we collude and have the same picks this week and then just try to get one or the, over the other next week.
2: Or you just, hey, just be competitors and
1: pick. I'm not talking to you, Tim. <laughs> oh, sorry. Jeez. I, I don't know, have an alliance with you. Three wins, Tim LaCombe. Jeez, Gordon, who
3: are you uh, going with? I want to pick the Packers, but I got to do something different than those guys. I'll go with the Rams and the points.
1: All right. I'll do the smart thing and go with the Packers.
3: I oh, <laughs> <you laughs> uh,
1: Baltimore at Buffalo. Tim, the Bills are a minus three
0: favorite.
2: I'll give me the Bills all day long.
0: Oh. A little Homer action. All right. Jake? See, I like the Bills, but the Ravens played really well last week, and I thought the Bills really should have lost to the Colts. The Colts managed that game so badly down the stretch. Oh, man. Uh, Let's go with the Ravens. Okay,
1: plus three for Baltimore. Gordon?
3: Yes, I'll go with the Ravens and the points.
1: I'm doing the same. I like Baltimore in that. So that means Tim's going to win that one for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Cleveland at Kansas City, minus 10 for the Chefs. I'll just ask it this way. Is anyone taking Cleveland to cover that?
2: Yeah. Uh, right. I, will, oh. I will take the
1: Browns plus the 10. Yeah, wow. Okay. All right. I'm surprised.
0: The The wheels have wobbled for the Chiefs uh, coming down the stretch. Maybe not like the Steelers who are completely coming undone, but they haven't been the, the offensive team they were earlier in the year. Gordon, that's I, I shouldn't have asked it that way because I
1: was hoping they'd both go at the Chiefs.
3: I know. i got to go with the Browns
1: and the points as well. All of us are going with the Browns? No, now I'm switching. I'm going the Chiefs minus 10. I'm going to try to get a win there. We'll see. And finally, Tampa Bay at New Orleans, minus 3 for the Saints. Timmy? should
0: have 3.5. No, we're going with Austin Flanders. I'm such a homer right now.
2: I'm going to go with the Saints.
0: Oh, I'm going with the Saints, big.
3: Okay. Then I'll then I'll go with the Buccaneers. Where's we the unchained you do that, Tommy?
0: Yeah, where's the unchained melody? I am uh,
1: while well, I vomited my mouth. Also taking Tampa Bay plus three here. So that's gonna be it, Gordon. I uh, I trust in you for some reason. <laughs>
3: I don't know. This has been a wild ride. I'm usually pretty good at these picks, but
0: I suck now. I, uh, not
1: but, according to the survivor pool standings here. Not yeah, it didn't go
0: well either. But what? to be fair, it didn't go well for any of us. Oh. I love
3: L.A. Yeah. I think Greg oster should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. I like wearing socks
0: with sandals. We know you do.
2: Hey, if if you know, the bottom line is there's one person profitable after week one.
0: That's true. That is true. There's one person over 500 uh, yeah. in, in week one.
3: I was impressed, Tim. I mean, he just waltzed right in here and rolled right over us.
0: You know, uh, on a different show, Eric Weddle went 5-1. Oh, did he really? Yeah.
2: Well, he's got insider trading knowledge. <laughs> well, We're and trying he, to pick it with goggles.
0: And he picked with his heart with the Ravens and the, and the Rams. So he got the Rams right. But he was on the Rams last year. So he's, like, picking his buddies.
2: Hey, Austin, I realize you're not a DJ, but if you have that Spies Like Us queued up again. <laughs> we can get that rolling. <laughs> that was so dang good today in the car.
3: Gordon disliked it. Can you believe that? Well, no, I didn't. It's not that I disliked it. It's that it. Uh, it's I a mean, really there were
0: really yeah. better
2: selections to choose. And I'm going to come to Gordo's defense and say, at least for this guy, the Beatles changed the game. Yep, yep.
0: Where would you Explain rank? It. Where would you rank Paul on the most talented Beatles list? Where, how would you? Where would you put him there? Uh, <laughs> great fourth. timing! We hit the hook on that right on.
3: Wait, fourth? Did you say fourth?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have him third, Tim. I think you're right on. Uh, I mean, George
2: did some great stuff with the traveling wolveries.
0: Who? Exactly. George is one by far. I've got George one, Ringo two, all about? three. If you're
3: hanging out with the guru in India, maybe.
0: I'm sorry, Gordon. You're outvoted on this one.
3: Oh man, how can you can't separate? But look, hey, McCartney. look. My
2: point was my point was to offer support to Gordon and Jake. Twister. The Beatles
3: were worse than the monkeys. Yeah, listen to these
0: guys. Uh Tim. Thank you. I will see you tomorrow night, buddy. Okay. Sorry to take the show off the cliff. <laughs> it was already there. It's all good. Okay. All right, there you go. Our friend Tim Lacombe. Uh Game time tomorrow. The Jazz haven't been home in a long time. They're back at Vivint Arena to take on the Hawks. The game will tip off at 7. Pre-game coverage with Tim and myself will begin at 6. We'll get to a Drop of the Day coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. What are you?